welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my fiance, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much has been a good week here? It is September 19th. 1998. Carol, you, you love in 1998? I am. I mean, it's almost 1999 now. We're almost into 1999. We're going to party like it's 1999. That's right. Do you love whole? Yes. I do. Why? That I'm, I'm really surprised you didn't need more clarification. No, I don't because I love whole. I wore out the tape. <laughs> I wore out multiple copies of the tape. Did you? Mm-hmm. The tape. The tape. Well, they have a new tape. <laughs> CD. Album. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, celebrity skin. This says, uh, forget the lyrics on Hole's celebrity skin. Just listen to the music. And the uh, subheadline is weak words, powerful pop. I don't know that I agree. We 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 uh, we've heard uh, this album. Uh, it says Courtney Love talks a lot. <laughs> wow! But this is where we allegedly hear the words that count: four years of love as inescapable media presence, gossip monger, and master of. Reinnovation have <laughs> led to this album that will give us vital insights into the person behind the persona, the character behind the caricature. Yawn. <laughs> oh, that's mean. If you're still interested in what Courtney Love has to say, if you feel like trying to keep up, if you have an overdose on her mouth, then sure, feel free to dissect the lyrics here. The problem is that Love has made such a show of herself building and destroying her own images that it's hard to tell what's genuine anymore. Fuck them. Wow. No. So whole live through this was amazing. And I don't know about celebrity skin yet, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's just as amazing. Really? Yeah, really. (laughs) Um, and how dare they? Well, this person obviously doesn't like, Courtney Love, I guess. I mean, first of all, it's not even pop. It's like rock, not fucking pop. This isn't like princess music. Yeah, it's grungy kind of like... So the album came out like, I don't know, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't fully dissected it or anything, but we've listened to some songs here. Yeah. I don't, What's going on? My headphones are all askew. <laughs> um and uh, cannot have a skewness. I like it quite a bit, to tell you the truth. I think it's my favorite favorite album of Holes. So, I, I don't think I could love anything more than live through this, though. I just don't. Yeah, I understand. I understand that that has that has a lot of uh, personal themes as well. So that's a big deal. Um, but I don't know. I I. I, I like what I've heard so far a lot. I think this guy's kind of an a dick. asshole. Yeah, like you have personal issues with her, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. you shouldn't 
just criticize her music for the hell of it. No, I agree. And she's been through a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of people who have been through a lot and who might be assholes, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ben Stiller. Okay. Ben Stiller's Midnight Special. Does So, hot actor Ben Stiller craves still more challenges. He's everywhere now. Something about Mary and, and his career has absolutely blown up. Well, good for him. Yeah, but am I the only one out there that doesn't think he's particularly funny? Um, I mean, is he a comedian or just does he act in comedies? I mean, yeah. I I don't feel like we can hold the actors accountable for how funny they are when they only have a script to work with. I mean, I guess, but why are some people better at it than others? Like, why is Bill Murray funny and, and I don't know, uh, Joe Piscopo isn't? Well, was Joe Piscopo given uh, crappier scripts? So do you think that's all it is? Is people that got lucky enough to be in a good script? There's no talent in, well, in comedic acting? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, saying somebody's not funny when they're an actor and not a comedian seems a little harsh. I don't Is he supposed to be the straight man? I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I don't know. Maybe. I guess. Uh, Toronto. This takes place in Toronto. What does? What I'm about to read you. Okay. 20 minutes after the scheduled screening of Very Bad Things at the Toronto International Film Festival, the stars of the dark comedy enter the theater won by Fabulous One, John Favreau (laughs) and Jeremy Piven both get big hands from the hipster members of the audience, or sorry, hipper members of the audience. Uh, Christian Slater gets general recognition. And a few welcome back from the big house. Whoops. That's nice. Then comes Slinky Cameron Diaz, who gets the movie star tribute. Whoops and whistles. But. Whoops or whoops? Whoops. Like, whoop, 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 whoop. Right. Okay. Uh, But the only one to get the big hand, the whoops, the whistles, a little extra. Besides is Diaz's co-star in the most popular film in North America. There's something about Mary. It's the most popular film in North America? Yeah. Wow. Ben! Screams a fan in Rockstar Salute. I didn't even know Ben Stiller was in this movie. Says an excited woman (laughs) as she watches Stiller settle in his seat, followed by critic Roger Ebert, who's brandishing a handheld video camera. That's cool. Is it? (laughs) <laughs> Tell you what, though, no matter how still you've been, he's always been Stiller. Uh-huh. Um, but Stiller isn't in Very Bad Things. He was in Toronto for Permanent Midnight, in which he plays a heroin addict who does some very bad things. Interesting. Many of which are not very funny. He wasn't being recognized for being in a movie. He was being recognized for being Big Ben. Yeah, that was, okay. Yeah, that was very weird, wasn't it? Says a tired Stiller sprawling on a couch in a hotel suite at the Four Seasons. That was something new, and it was something, like, embarrassing. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is an excuse for his fatigue. He's come straight to the festival from hosting the MTV Music Awards. An exhausting chore. Uh, so, yeah, essentially, Ben Stiller's in a new movie, Permanent Midnight. It's hard for me to picture him playing a heroin addict. That would be an interesting thing to say. Yeah, I mean, 
He's a decent actor. I like his dad, like I like I've said before. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know uh, George Costanza's dad from Seinfeld. Yeah, I know who he is. What? It's a festivist for the rest of us. <laughs> What's he say? He says something like uh, he screams something at one point. I mean, he screams a lot of things in that show, but uh, um, so funny. Uh, anyway, so. He's a decent actor, though. I guess we'll see. Maybe we'll watch Permanent Midnight. Yeah. And make our own judgments. I just don't think he's very funny. Like, he started out as a comedian. Not a stand- he did? Not a stand-up comedian, but a comic actor. Okay. He was supposed like, he was in comic movies. He had his own comedy talk show. The huh. Ben Stiller Show on MTV. Did you not? Oh, that explains why he was hosting the MTV Awards, huh? Yeah, exactly. Speaking of hosting, though, Carol. Hmm. Uh, they're, they've announced the two hosts for the 78th annual Miss America pageant. Professional moron boomers, I assume. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I, 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 uh, I hate being so negative, but I don't like former Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Boomer Esiason. And then Mer- somebody named Meredith Vieira. Vieira. Vera. Meredith Vera. What the fuck? What? V I E I R A. V E I R A. Okay. Vira. Yeah. That is a weird name. Anyway, so. Uh, hey, Meredith. <laughs> hey, Meredith. There you go. What are you doing as co host of the 78th annual Miss America pageant? Quote I'm one of those people who grew up as a little girl. Watching the show every year, says the former CBS newswoman and moderator of ABC's daytime show, The View. Okay, I don't watch it, so. Yeah, I'm not familiar with her. Yeah. Uh, She says she's followed along as a girl, keeping her own personal score on Miss American contestants each September. Uh, What do you think of, now, what about Boomer Esiason? What are you doing? Uh, little girls sometimes grow up to have different ideas, though. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think the Miss America pageant's kind of maybe damaging. But. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Not about who gives a shit about the two people hosting okay. this. Or any of the people that vote on it. I don't even know who votes on it. Uh, what do you think about the Miss America pageant in general? Well, I mean, like that episode of Dawson's Creek, you remember Joey's doing the pageant shit, and, yeah. like, everybody was so fucking fake, and, like... Yeah, little girls out there watch that and they think that's what I should try to do and try to be, and then they feel bad about themselves and and or they become that and it's fake. I should look good in a ball gown and a swimsuit, <laughs> and I should have a talent like twirling a baton. Right. Yeah, I don't. I've never been into beauty pageants. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they have a sheen of fakeness to them. I used to like them when I was a little girl. I used to watch the Miss America pageant. Too. Well, you did some modeling. No, I didn't. In your day. No, I didn't. Well, you did whatever. You did. You I went to modeling school. I did whatever. not model. Yeah, you got a contract offer or something. Whatever. You did. I didn't. You kind of did. <laughs> I got, got offer. I got an offer to go to New York to meet with agents. That doesn't mean I got an offer to have an agent. Well, I'm just saying it didn't happen. No, because you didn't go. So. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so you're essentially a model. So I looked at, <laughs> I look 
I look to you for model things. You just like to say that you're uh, engaged to a model. That's yeah. what it is. Whatever. You know. <laughs> it's partially true. Sure. In some other dimension. Speaking of another dimension, though. Mm-hmm. I think the writer of this movie went to another dimension to pair Chris Tucker and Jacqueline Chan together. Jacqueline Chan. That's his full name, I believe, right? Jack Deferred Chan? You're so weird. Jackard Chan. What is his full Jackie name? Jackie Chan. I don't know. Like he, Jackie Chan. But he has to have a, he has to have, that's Americanized. He has to have a, a Chinese name. Who knows? I thought you were going to say it was who. <laughs> who Chan. Anyway, we saw Rush Hour. Yes, we did. We went, uh, we, we braved Rush Hour traffic. <laughs> And saw Rushed Hour. What did you think of this movie? I am not sure. I mean... Really? I The cat's trying to break in again. Oh, oh he made it. Cat's broken into How it. do you open the door every time? That door was closed. He's like, developed it wasn't, a special talent. It wasn't like... It wasn't even like... Um, like <laughs> just partially closed. It wasn't partially ajar. That door was fully closed. Yeah. Closed. And he opened it. And he comes over and rubs up on us like he thinks that mm-hmm. this is uh, excitement to see him rather than shock and awe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're insane, cat. Anyway, so you want to talk about Rush Hour 2? He was there. I, I We didn't take him to the theater. I can't decide if I liked it. I mean... Interesting. It was a kind of standard action movie, and it was a little racist. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess... I don't know. I guess it was a little racist. I don't know. Or, I mean, I guess Chris Tucker's character was just a little racist. Against Chinese people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you understand the words come out of my mouth? And that was um, supposed to be funny, yeah. but it was just annoying. Well, that's the thing is a little bit of Chris Tucker goes forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still recovering from uh, the fifth element to Chris Tucker. <laughs> I the don't remember min- him in it. The five minutes he was in that movie. How can you not remember him in anything he's ever been in? I, I don't know. I still remember him in Friday. I can still hear his just, uh, you got knocked the fuck out. Um, in, I remember him in Friday. In The Fifth Element, he was the host of that show. They were on the pleasure cruise. He he was all dressed up. He had the like the scepter. Fucking his hair was was whatever he was getting a blowjob or oh okay now I remember check on the uh, thing you know what I I was thinking of 12 monkeys (laughs) could you imagine him in that movie that's such a serious like contemplative film and he's like uh, (laughs) that's with Bruce Willis right yeah yeah that's what I was saying I'm like when was he from the future (laughs) (laughs) get this man out of here um, <laughs> but no, he like a little bit of him goes a long way, but I liked this movie, I think fairly thoroughly. Yeah. I would definitely give it a, a recommend. Okay. I don't know if it's like my favorite movie of all time, but I, I thought this worked and I think this worked. We, we watched another Jackie Chan movie. He's been in a couple movies. We watched Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. We skipped, uh, that next one. There, he, you know, they, they he came to America um, and started doing Hong Kong style action mm-hmm. here. 
which is highly choreographed, uh, a lot of which only he can do, or only a few people can do, him included. Um, uh, but it's highly choreographed and stylized, and, and it's typified by long, steady shots mm-hmm. as opposed to rapid cutting uh, because, you know, you want to capture all... It's it's a lot of very intricate stunts all together. Um, so he came there and did Rumble in the Bronx and, and all that stuff, right? Right. And what's he doing? He's just digging at the carpet like he does. Um, so he, uh, he did the rumble in the Bronx and I think this, we watched that movie and I didn't love it. No, it was fine. It was okay. Just like the, to me, this was just fine. But see, to me, this works better than rumble in the Bronx does. And I think Chris Tucker is the reason this works better. Okay. So instead of, I think what happens is sometimes when it, it gets boring. When everything is so choreographed mm-hmm. and highly stylized, it seems like it, it, as opposed to being an action movie, it reminds me more of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. <laughs> okay. It's like a dance. I don't, sure. I don't feel any, I don't feel anything. I mean, sometimes, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's impressive or whatever, but I don't feel any danger. Mm-hmm. Like it's not amusing to me. It doesn't feel it doesn't provide excitement. Doesn't feel dangerous to me. It feels like he is a hundred percent in control of everything at all times because he is, and it, it it gets dull because of that. Okay. So when you mix that precision, that you know strict like choreography with the chaos of Chris <laughs> Tucker, I think. It, one heightens the other. Sure. Like the the most exciting fight scenes to me were the ones Chris Tucker was also a part of. Okay. There were only a couple, but I think those worked better than the ones with uh, Jackie Chan on his own. Because like I said, it, it devolves into, okay, it's he's going to spin. Like they're, at one point they're, they're in a bar and there's pool tables and I'm like, okay, He's going to spin over the pool table. He's going to grab the cue. He's going to go, doot, doot. They're both yeah. going to hold it. He's going to flip his guy over. That he's was gonna... a boring scene. It and, really was. And I'm like, he's going to pick up a pool cue and like they're going to throw. He's going to dodge. And I'm like, I know every one of these moves. Just like seeing a Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire uh, dance sequence, mm-hmm. like the last one they did in their, their movie career. And it's like, I, he's going to spin her. It's like, I know exactly what's going to happen. And it just feels boring and repetitive and dull. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. So mixing it with Chris Tucker being an agent of chaos throughout this whole thing makes it more exciting to me. So the plot of this movie, mm-hmm. I had some issues with too. Sure. Because they were trying to punish Chris Tucker by giving him an assignment to babysit Jackie Chan for the FBI. And I don't feel like that would be a realistic situation at all. So, yeah, this is weird. Um, it has to do with Hong Kong. The switch over from the British to the... Uh, that's big in movies and TV shows and stuff like They even did that in 90210. Mm-hmm. Another show we do. Check out every Monday. Um, but... Uh, that's been like a big issue and everything in different media properties. 
And so it's post takeover. There's an English guy that's part of the, I think he's supposed to be part of the consulate or he's part of the police. I don't know what the yeah. fuck he was. It was ill-defined. The consulate, wait, are you, t- the, not the British guy, I don't know. The British guy, yes. Yeah. I, don't I don't know exactly what his title was supposed to be. Yeah. But he had some power in Hong Kong and they were making the switch over. The consulate was a a political guy, he, Chinese, uh, a political dude that had connections with the police and Jackie Chan was his best friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's moving to the United States. So he moves to the United States with his daughter. Jackie Chan stays in Hong Kong. There was a there's a art thief who is gathering up all these Chinese artifacts and like create like getting this collection and Jackie Chan stopped them and and saved the entire collection mm-hmm. which is then shipped to the United States for display for some Weird. reason. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. But anyway, um turns out spoiler alerts, it's the British guy. Yeah. That's the bad guy. He kidnaps the daughter who there was a really sweet scene between Jackie Chan and this little girl mm. in the beginning of the movie yeah. to establish that you know he obviously really cares about her which is why he then comes to America to try to help find her when she gets kidnapped mm-hmm. but um i don't know i mean even that seems a little unbelievable that well yeah that's the thing so she gets kidnapped and they don't know what's going on. The FBI is immediately in on it, which is like... Well, he's rich. Yeah. And political. And Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. The FBI, that makes a little more sense in that way um, that the FBI would be involved. The FBI does get involved in kidnappings, usually over state lines, mm. because they, they handle interstate crime. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I thought one of the, the uh, FBI agents, the balding, like, blonde one, was going to be one of the bad guys, too, because that dude just looks like a bad guy. I think he's played bad guys in other movies before. He just looks like a villain. <laughs> but he wasn't. Um, but anyway, so yeah, like you said, uh, Chris Tucker never works with a partner. We later find mm-hmm. out that um, he doesn't because his dad's partner didn't back him up when during a routine traffic shop stop and he got killed which even that seems like okay that wasn't that seems like a bit of an overreaction that you're never going to have a partner again in your whole life because your dad's partner fucked up doesn't that show you the value of a partner too right like go be a good partner for somebody exactly but anyway so uh he has this he's trying to buy c4 undercover from chris penn this uh, was a, this was one of the few scenes I actually thought was funny. The actor Chris Penn, mm-hmm. and uh, so what did you think was funny about this scene? At the end, when it like blows up, and then he's like dancing and stuff, and like oh, yeah. you know, I, I was amused by that whole thing. I thought so. The the parts where he's funniest to me, and maybe just because this is such a a departure for him, is in the quiet moments, the very few quiet moments that Chris Tucker allows to happen in the movie. But he's getting talked to by his captain or whatever, the uh, the book librarian, the library police from Seinfeld. That guy, like, uh, that episode of Seinfeld, he's so good in that. He's like, listen up, joy boy. <laughs> that dude. Um, 
he's like, uh, ah, you, you know, you uh, you destroyed a city block or whatever. He's like, that block was already messed up. <laughs> it was funny. It was like, uh, it was like you destroyed a lot of the evidence. We still got some left. <laughs> like, like his little asides to everything he was saying were not flamboyant or over the top. They were tiny and quick, and that stuff was funny. Um, but then he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, you did a great job. I'm gonna have you do this assignment. And like you said, it's a shit assignment. They don't want Jackie Chan anywhere near this case. I don't know why. I assume because that they want to handle it themselves. Right. They don't want an outside element. Yeah, I think they think he'll get in their way or whatever. So they want an LAPD cop. They have no control over the LAPD because they're, right. they're the FBI. They are both independent organizations. But they want and they don't want to use one of theirs. They want to do an LAPD cop to have him babysit this guy and keep him out of the way. And that's the assignment. Yeah, it's stupid. It is stupid because you don't need a cop for that. And I don't understand, too. Okay, once he picked up Jackie Chan, he doesn't think he speaks English. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why does Jackie Chan start running from him, though? Like, he doesn't know that he's, like, trying to keep him away. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's not like he was like, hey. All he said was, you're never, you're not, that's one place you're not supposed to go. Mm-hmm. That's all. He didn't even say, I'm not going to take you there. He didn't say, you can't go there. He just said, oh, that's one place you're not supposed to go. Yeah. When he was pointing to where he wanted to go, which would be the consulate or whatever. I guess maybe he was just in a hurry to talk to his friend about the kidnapping of their the, the daughter. I guess. And he found the weirdest ways to get away from him. I mean, obviously he made, you know, whatever funny movie, but mm. it was also kind of stupid. Yeah, he's jumping on a bus and like hanging on signs and stuff like that. He was that. hanging from a traffic light. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It doesn't really seem necessary. Also, he could have just been like, hey, I speak English. I'd like to go yeah. handle the case now. It would have made his life easier. And they could have, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe he needed to get cardio in. I don't know. But like, <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have had to be doing all that running around. Uh, so I guess there are two ways, two facets we can judge this movie on. Okay. As an action movie, as a comedy. Because sure. it's definitely an action comedy. Mm-hmm. As a comedy, did you think it was funny? A little. I didn't think it was super funny. Did you? Hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty funny. Okay. Like I, to me, it works more than it doesn't. The jokes work more than they don't. Interesting. Action wise, I've given you my my thoughts. A lot of them fall flat for me because of the reasons I talked about. And the couple that do, I think, work are because of the the new element being brought in. And I think if they're going to... There's a hint of a sequel at the end of this movie. They're going together to Hong Kong. You know, mm-hmm. now I could easily see now Chris Tucker's the fish out of water. They have some, whatever, adventure in Hong Kong. Yeah. Police-wise. Because he even sits down and he's like, no, police work for two weeks. And I'm like, yeah, let's see how that goes. <laughs> um... So if they do that, I think they should up the ante on action scenes of them being together. Contrasting styles, you know, choreographed and, and, and like, whatever. Not basic, but because it's all very complicated stuff. But, like, choreographed and, like, regimented mm-hmm. and then chaotic. And I think 
the, they work together. When when it works together, I think it really works. Okay. Um, and I think they have good chemistry together, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, yes. for the most part. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, what did you think of it action wise? I, I I don't know. I mean, I like action movies. I know you do, but I didn't love this one mm-hmm. as far. I mean, like. It was cool when Jackie Chan was hanging in the museum um, and then, like, Chris Tucker saves him with mm-hmm. the big, what was that, a banner? Yeah. That was cool. Uh, when the C4 blew up, that was cool. Otherwise, it was more like the martial arts fighting stuff, which I really don't care about. Yeah, well, the C4 never blows up, though. That car blew up. It flew up in the air. The what? Yes, the car. That's at the beginning of the Yeah, movie. that's what I'm talking about. Two separate scenes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That was one thing that bothered me at the end of the movie. So at the end of the movie, there's uh, the little girl has C4 strapped to her. Mm-hmm. And they have this side plot of uh, a bomb squad detective that is like she's like in a few scenes. She's a side character. Mm. Um, but she's, they do one scene where they kind of show that eh, she's, you know, she's struggling. She's not the best or whatever at, at defusing bombs. Yet. Which is not the kind of job that you want to not be great at. And wouldn't you think that like you would have to show aptitude in that to be transferred to the bomb squad? You would think. Like I, I would think that would be before you're on the bomb squad, not after. Yeah. Like maybe she's on bomb squad probation. She just got transferred over. I don't know. They don't really explain. Yeah. But. The little girl has C4 strapped to her. Chris Tucker finds her and brings her to the museum where all the stuff that the guy stole he wants back or whatever. Um, And she says, we can't take it off or it'll explode. I have to defuse it so that it can be taken off. She diffuses it so so it can be taken off and she does it correctly. But she also says, hey, it can still blow up, so we have to be careful. You know, the the trigger, because the guy's got the trigger. The trigger can still trigger it. Um, And I'm thinking, like, get it the fuck away. Right. Instead, Jackie Chan puts it on while he chases after the dude. And nothing ever happens with it. It doesn't explode. It doesn't come into the plot again. Nothing happens. It, it, it would have been the exact same movie if she had done it and she'd been like, there, it's disarmed. Yeah. Now it can't explode. Yeah, agreed. Maybe they had an alternate ending or a different scene that they didn't show. Or Maybe, but it did, like, it's weird because it doesn't, it doesn't play a role at all. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't like uh, open things in movies. No. So, I don't know, that was odd. But other than that, the finale was pretty good, I thought. Um, like I said, it gen- action-wise, it's pretty generic, except for a couple scenes where the contrast between the two of them actually stands out and is a benefit to the film. Comedy-wise, though, I think it's funny. Okay. Uh, although Chris Tucker is still Chris Tucker through <laughs> a lot of it. You know? Right. Um, but all in all, I would probably recommend it. I, I, I think it's a decently solid movie. Yeah. I mean, if you like martial arts movies, um, or if you like Chris Tucker, I don't know, then yeah. Yeah. 
go to the theater because it is one of the few movies that, you know, I feel like is enhanced on the big screen. It's got a lot of stuff going on. Like, action yeah. movies should be seen on the big screen. I agree. Uh, but that is the episode for the week, Carol. You're up. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Do you understand the words coming out of her mouth? <laughs> Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Mm-hmm. And share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.